Good Nature Wellness Podcast, Episode 15. Hello and welcome to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. This podcast is all about discovering how you can transform, re-energize, and strengthen your body naturally with the healing power of food to regain control over your health, reclaim your energy, feel better, look better, and be stronger for life. I'm your host, board-certified Master Health and Wellness Coach, Barbara Walsh. I am so excited that you're here today because I have a very special guest. Recently, I had the pleasure of meeting an amazing woman, Leslie Garcia, and Leslie is definitely one of the brave ones. She was a single mom and a business owner who found herself facing triple negative breast cancer with a BARD1 mutation. And in spite of the very aggressive nature of this particular type of breast cancer, Leslie made the brave choice to opt out of conventional treatments, and she was able to overcome her breast cancer naturally, without surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. After learning about Leslie and thinking about my own experience with breast cancer, I could see that we had a lot of things in common. So I was thrilled when she accepted the invitation to be a guest on the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. Leslie shared her fascinating story with me when we sat down virtually to get to know each other. I loved hearing about Leslie's experience and how she used natural alternatives to beat the odds and avoid becoming just another statistic. And I think you're going to be amazed by her story, too. So here's Leslie Garcia. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much for being on the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. You're welcome. Happy to be here. I know you shared a little bit with me earlier about your story, but tell our listeners, give us a snapshot of what was going on in your life when you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Well, I there were a lot of things that were kind of going south in my life. I had a breakup, a relationship breakup. I had some elderly pugs that were on their last leg, that one was 17 and 18, and I was caring for them. And then I'm working from home now. And so it was just juggling a lot. And I think stress can play a toll. It takes a toll on us. If we're not careful, we have to take care of ourselves. And, you know, I've always been all about taking care of other people and things before myself. And I've always just known full throttle as far as my business goes. And cancer kind of woke me up and I had to change some things and change the way I took care of myself and ran my life. Hmm. Yeah, and I know what that's like. So um, it is it's kind of sad in a way that because I think with women, most of the time, we're so prone to just take care of everybody else and take care of every situation that's going on around us. And we usually put ourselves last as far as our health is concerned. And unfortunately, it can take a wake up call like cancer to get our attention that we have to make changes. I do know what that's like. So what made you decide to go an alternative route as opposed to going a traditional route when you were coming into these health issues? Well, it was by sheer accident because I was suffering from um, Hashimoto's in a really bad way. I was, I was exhausted and didn't know what was wrong. I couldn't think straight. I had horrible brain fog and So I started doing some research, and as I did research, I came across all kinds of cancer-type stories and alternative treatments for cancer. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But I was more focused on 
the Hashimoto's and thyroiditis issues that I was having because I didn't know I had cancer. And I think it was probably six weeks after I found out that I even had Hashimoto's that I had cancer. And by that time, I had learned enough to question the conventional route. And I have doctors in my family and my sister is a nurse. And I have never really not trusted doctors. It's just that after my research, I started thinking there's another way that's not toxic. And the last thing that I want to do is because I've always been such a Taipei kind of person, I didn't want to be down for the count. And I knew that putting that type of toxic treatment in your body, you have to get rid of that poison. I hate to put it that way, but you have to get rid of it because if you're not detoxing the chemo out of your body, it can kill you. Yeah. Yep. That's for sure. So yeah, I, that's how I came across alternative. I also noticed, and you know, I, I'm not a super religious person. I do believe in God, but I started to notice some things. It was almost like God was speaking to me Mm -hmm. because that little voice inside of me was screaming, do not do that. Because I, you know, I went to all the oncology appointments and something just told me, don't do it. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. And I questioned my oncologist. I was very respectful and I flat out asked him some very pointed questions that he answered honestly. And I was surprised he was, he was honest. And in the end, he just said, Leslie, this is the only modality I can offer you. Yeah. And I knew what he was saying. Yeah, that is that is a really sad statement, you know, that that is considered the gold standard of cancer care for any kind of cancer, really. And strangely enough, it's the same cancer care that's been available for since I was a kid. Exactly. You know, the statistics show that the success rates are really very low for that yep. for those particular treatments it's kind of weird you know when you think about it there's nothing else that's offered and i understand that because i know when i was given my breast cancer diagnosis i felt the same way i was like there has got to be something besides this there, there just has to be unfortunately my oncologist wasn't quite as forthright as yours i don't think <laughs> i knew he was irritated but he was still polite and he answered all the questions which i was like okay because i said if i do a double mastectomy can't the cancer still come back on the chest wall he goes yeah it can wow and i said well then why would i do that what stage cancer did you have one okay and i just thought see i had a triple negative breast cancer and that's what was scaring everybody or they acted like it was the scariest cancer on the planet And I know it's aggressive. It's very aggressive. The surgeon told me this can turn into a stage four within months. And that's why they were wanting to do chemo, radiation, everything. They want to do a um, remove my ovaries also. Oh, wow. And yeah, I just said, you know, it just feels like mutilation. I I just don't want to do all that. I feel like it's too heavy handed. You know, I understand the nature of the cancer. I know that it's tricky. And but I said, if I here I'm already pretty thin. If I lose half my body weight, how am I going to function? That right. alone will kill me. Right. And then I said, how am I going to pay you? And then he, he looked at me like, yeah, you got a point there. <laughs> I said, I have to work. You know, I work for myself. If I can't work, I can't do anything. I can't pay any bills. 
I had a similar situation too because I was a business owner also and I was my only employee. It was all me. And the idea of being sidelined for an extended period of time and not being able to function that was not really an option for me either. So I could completely understand how you were feeling about that for sure. Yeah. And so I felt like it was a godsend. I know that's a strange thing for me to say, but it woke me up. Mm-hmm. I thought I was doing pretty good with my eating habits, but looking back, no, I had a horrible diet and I ate a lot of bread and cheese and yogurt and cottage cheese and that kind of stuff and a lot of meat. And I wondered why I was so inflamed all the time, like bloated. And I know this sounds very superficial, but I had a lot of cellulite Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it was bad. And so after I switched over to more of a plant-based diet, it all went away Yeah, without me even trying. Isn't that amazing? I think that's like one of the most amazing things. I had a similar experience where I changed to mainly plant-based diet, tons of juicing because I was detoxing at the beginning when I opted out of conventional treatments. And I had just started menopause, I think that year before, and I had gained a bit of weight. And that seems to be a common issue that women have when they hit menopause, where they end up gaining this weight. It's difficult, really difficult, if not impossible to lose it. And after I did the plant-based diet, my whole body reset. And I ended up losing 30 pounds. It just like came off. That was not the goal. But you know, and it stayed off since and this is going back five years ago now. But the other thing that's really interesting too, I found with switching to a plant based diet is when I was younger, I had very fibrocystic breasts. And when I would go for my checkups, it was difficult to do self exams because the tissue was very lumpy. And the doctor had said, Oh, that's just fibrocystic breasts, but they had never told told me back at that time when I was younger that that's a precursor to having breast cancer. Meanwhile, I also had this kind of not so great diet, but I thought I was eating healthy. I was eating a lot of meat, a lot of cheese, all the same things that you were talking about. And Mm -hmm. after the breast cancer diagnosis and I changed my whole diet, my body reset and all those cysts just left my breasts. So my breast tissue is normal now. Crazy. It's amazing how powerful those choices that you make are and how much they impact your body. And there's so much more that you can do. I think when you're faced with these illnesses, especially breast cancer, you feel completely out of control because it's almost like you get blindsided by it. But, you know, it forces you to take a look at what the heck is going on. And then once you start to make those changes, it starts to feel like you're regaining control, you know, of yourself and your body, which is the most amazing thing, I think. I'm sure you have a lot more energy now, too. Oh, my gosh. Afterward, you know, after making all those changes, I don't think I ever felt as good as I feel. And I'm I'm pretty old now. (laughs) You're my age. We're young. Well, let's put it this way. Like I'm in my fifties. And so, but I still feel, I probably feel more vibrant now than I ever did before. Me too. Cancer, which is miraculous when you think about it. I know. My boyfriend says, I cannot get over all your energy. He said, do you ever need to sit down and rest? I said, actually, no. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, I wish I had discovered this when I was a young mom, because I was like, oh my God. Exhausted, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We learn everything the hard way, sadly. It's true. But 
I don't know if you saw that I took cannabis oil. I saw that in your story. So tell me about that. How did you arrive at that? Well, I wasn't really planning on it because I was already kind of going by the Gerson protocol. And I was doing that pretty much hardcore. And then I got into a fruitarian diet after because the Gerson was exhausting for me. That is a pretty rigid regimen. It works. Yeah. But it's it's strict. Mm-hmm. And so I started following Dr. Morse on YouTube, and that's a whole other story that some woman just out of the blue that came and took some furniture, she was going to buy some furniture from me, and I had an ad just to get rid of some friend's stuff, and she said, could you give me a discount because this is for a charity for children that have cancer. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I said, oh, in that case, I'll donate it to you. And so she came and it was a leather couch and she came and picked it up and she started telling me all this stuff about what she learned by dealing with these children and her own mother who had cancer. And she told me about Dr. Morrison, the fruitarian diet. And I had never heard of it. And I always thought sugar is bad for cancer. And then I started following him and realize, okay, it's not the same as a simple sugar. Right. And so anyway, I got on that bandwagon, left the Gerson, and then started learning about cannabis, which, you know, I just knew that it alleviated nausea with chemo patients. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know that it could actually destroy cancer cells. And then I just kind of like started learning about it. And then a friend reached out, an old friend that I hadn't talked to in many years, and said, if you're interested in trying cannabis oil, I know where you can get it. I didn't solicit it at all. He just reached out. And so I said, sure, because everything that came to me, I accepted as like a gift, mm-hmm. like God was directing me in this way. Yeah. And, and that's the way I accepted it. Mm-hmm. And so he put me in touch with this friend in Oregon and the guy, he was very knowledgeable and his own mother had triple negative breast cancer. And he said, cancer is very, very aggressive. Basically, he said what the surgeon said. Mm-hmm. And he said, you have to go after it much harder than any other cancer. So you're going to have to take three grams a day. And I didn't know how much three grams was. I, I just said, okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't he sent know it. what that is either. What is that equivalent to? Oh my gosh, it's a lot of cannabis. And do and, you, do you um, eat it? Do you drink no, it? No, it's, it's oil. It comes in capsules. And he told me, I'm going to give you very explicit directions. He made the capsules up for me, which was nice. A lot of people have to make their own. They get the kit from Amazon or wherever, and they get the gel caps, and they put the oil into each little cap for their allotment for the day. Okay. And it's labor-intensive, but you do what you have to do when you want to live. But thankfully, he sent it already done. So I had to take them by suppository, which was another thing. Like, what? I, <laughs> I, I said, All right, do I have to? And he yeah. said, yes. He said, it is vital that you take it by suppository because your body absorbs 70% of the THC versus roughly 30% when it goes through the digestive system. Okay. That makes and sense. That makes so I sense. said, okay, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I just followed the instructions he gave me. And the good thing about that is that you don't even get high when you take it by suppository. But when you swallow it, you get very high. Really? And yeah, you can't even function, especially taking three grams a day. I mean, I would have been on my back and not been able to move. 
thankfully, that's what he told me to do, and I did it. I did have to take an oral dose at night, but nothing really changed in my life except I had more energy, and I was able to do everything, and I wasn't like the picture of a cancer patient, you know, when you lose your hair and get skinny, and yes, I mean, I got trim, but I was healthy. Yes, yes. So it was nice. And the crazy thing, too, is when I was doing the oil, I noticed I passed all these gallstones, which is another signal that your body is not detoxing. Right. Mm -hmm. And the cannabis obviously helped me get rid of the gallstones so I could start to heal. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people understand how important the liver is. Yeah, I know. I really didn't know anything about that prior to my cancer journey either. But learning about the importance of that, that's the main detoxification organ in your body, keeping your digestive tract clear. And also Mm -hmm. your skin is another detoxifying organ in the body that I wouldn't say none of us, but I would say the majority of the people don't know that I never knew it, you know. And it's interesting how when you are eating a diet that's the conventional American type of diet, everything gets backed up in your system. And many people end up with a lot of food and toxins that get built up in the body that aren't getting released. They're not getting processed right. out the way and they're supposed to. And I didn't know that meat to. could be undigested for two solid weeks yeah. in your gut. It's, it's nasty. I know. <laughs> you think about I know. it. And what's worse is that when it's in there, it's just kind of rotting inside of the body. And then it's sort yep. of releasing the toxins from this rotting meat. And that's getting reabsorbed. And then that's creating another whole issue that triggers other inflammation. It triggers other problems and, and actually can trigger cancers too in the body. And I think what's interesting is how God designed the body in such a perfect balance that when you feed it what it needs and you treat it the way it's supposed to be cared for, how efficient it is to actually keep you healthy and to fight off all of these invaders and to remove all of these toxins that don't need to be inside of the body. It's when we get out of balance with it that we unfortunately put ourselves in a position where we end up messing up the works of you know how it's supposed to actually work because we're not feeding it correctly, we're not able to digest our foods, we're not able to remove those toxins, and then we end up with a host of problems going on that we don't even realize. I know. And the thing I didn't even know about either was leaky gut. I didn't Mm -hmm. understand that. Mm -hmm. And my naturopath said, we can test you for that. And I was surprised that you were able to test for that. And so she did run a test and sure enough, I had leaky gut. And she said, well, this is part of your problem too. And we're going to have to repair that. But my regular MD never even mentioned that. In fact, I found out later that they tend to not really believe in leaky gut. And I was surprised because um, my mother had diverticulitis. And when you have that meat and whatever you're eating, it gets into your bloodstream, Mm -hmm. like you were saying. So another important goal was to heal my leaky gut. And for me, it was eliminating gluten, Mm -hmm. among other things. Two years ago, three years ago, I didn't know anything about gluten, about why gluten can be so toxic to your gut, especially certain people like me with the Hashimoto's. I guess some people can tolerate it. But yeah, I think that if people are aware they have leaky gut, they need to get it fixed ASAP before they start developing problems like what we went through. Right. I totally agree with you. I mean, I think 
obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. But I think if I had known what I know now, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I have 100% certainty that if I knew what I know now back then, I could have changed a whole myriad of things and I could have avoided cancer in the first place. I think so. Because I think that I never really had a sense that what I'm eating and what I'm drinking every day and how I'm managing stress, I had absolutely no idea that all of those things were affecting me internally. I just didn't know. I I guess I was ignorant, but I don't think anybody was ever taught that. I know we were never taught anything like that. And so the whole concept... Well, even doctors aren't taught nutrition. That's true. Very true. So they really don't have the tools to help people. In school, we never learned that. No. It's just more mainstream stuff that sadly... Even like the young people in my family who I have a young doctor in my family and he admitted we were not taught anything about nutrition. So I had to learn everything on my own that I do know. Yeah, I think that's kind of sad. And I think that's part of the reason why you're saying how you've encountered doctors who don't really even, they think that leaky gut is just like a wives tale or, you know, (laughs) or some kind of anecdotal thing that happens to a handful of people. But it's so much bigger than that. And leaky gut is huge because 70 or 80% of the immune system is inside of the digestive tract, which is in your gut. And when that's out of balance, your immune system isn't really working properly, which sets you up for inflammation and for the development of cancer. Because the thing that I thought was most fascinating when I learned about all of these things pertaining to cancer is that everybody has cancers in their body all the time. Right. The difference is whether or not your immune system is strong enough to eradicate it before it becomes a problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And most people don't even know that, you know? Like, I know when I received a diagnosis, I felt like I was so blindsided. I wanted to know how in the heck did this even happen to me? You know, I wasn't obese. I didn't think I was in a category that had risk factors at all. There was no breast cancer as far as my immediate family relatives or anything like that. And I remember being kind of surprised because I asked the oncologist, I said, well, how did this even happen? And she said, oh, just bad luck. You know, and I thought, is that all you got? Just bad luck? I know. Can you believe it? (laughs) There has to be a reason why something happens. There's cause and effect here, you know? They're not even curious. No, no. And that's the thing that really gets me is that why aren't you curious? And not only that, they don't tell you. Um, okay, if we remove this tumor, that doesn't mean you're cancer free. And a lot of people think just because they have surgery to get a tumor removed, they're cancer free. Yes, that's true. And it's like, no, no, you have to do the work. Yeah. Even if you'd go the conventional route, and you just, you know, have the double mastectomy, that doesn't mean you're cancer free. No, it's true. It's true. Because you know, it's a systemic disease. So yeah. unless you can get to the root cause of it, it's going to grow back. Exactly. And the other thing about it is when a person undergoes chemo, that chemo might put that cancer to sleep. But basically what will happen is it will never really get rid of the root cell of that cancer. It'll just kind of put it to sleep. But later on, the cancer will wake up and it will be even more aggressive than before it was treated. Well, by yeah, I heard that this stimulates um, cancer stem cells mm-hmm. to become so aggressive 
then it can't get treated by anything later. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's more difficult to go the alternative route after it comes raging back. Oh, yeah. Yep, for sure. And I don't know if you've heard of Mike Adams. With, mm -hmm. He's the health ranger. Yep. This was one thing that caught my attention early on before I knew I had cancer was he said that one of the top side effects of chemotherapy are tumors. Yep. And people, they don't know that it can promote more cancers. Yep. That was my biggest reservation. I guess because of my whole history, my father having colon cancer, and not only my father, but I've known many people who have had cancer, and all of them went the conventional route, and unfortunately, none of them are alive today. And so I knew that chemo was toxic. I knew that radiation is toxic. I knew that all of these treatment protocols, the side effects are actually other cancers. So yeah. I remember asking my oncologist at the time, what's the prognosis here? And she said, well, we'll consider the treatment to have been successful if the cancer doesn't return within five years. And I thought to myself, well, of course it's going to return in five years if I pump my body full of chemo and I burn my body, you know, with radiation. So mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like an inevitable self-fulfilling prophecy that it'll probably be okay for a little while, but then later on, something else residual is going to come from that. If you have the strength in your body to withstand the onslaught of those. Exactly. Things, you know? And in the, in the meantime, you're feeling all of the horrible side effects and you can't live life fully. That's true. And you are just in misery from all the drugs and yeah you know what's interesting is um when i went through my alternative cancer treatment i went down to mexico to go to a center down there and i used the hoxitonic and that is a protocol where you go down they do all these testing on you and then they prescribe you this tonic that they make and they gave me mine and they sent me home and i continued with my clean eating and my detoxing and my juicing and i did the hoxitonic and then within six months i went back and i was retested and they couldn't find the cancer anymore so it had eradicated it which was a huge blessing you know and one time when i went back because i used to go back there every six months to a year just to get checked up and I remember meeting a woman she was going to the clinic for her first visit and she had breast cancer but she had been through a certain amount of chemo and she had gotten to the point where she felt like she was dying from this chemo treatment and so she felt like she had to stop it. So against the orders of her conventional doctor and her family, she stopped it. And she decided she was going to visit the biomedical center where I went to try the hoxytonic. So she was a really nice woman. And I encouraged her. I told her about my story. And that was one cool thing about going there. There were all these people with different types of cancers, different stages of cancers. And the tonic worked for everybody I met down there. And every time I've gone, I meet different people. So anyway, she met people and she was really encouraged about it. And one of the caveats of doing the hoxytonic is that you have to follow certain dietary restrictions because certain foods that are too acidic will neutralize the tonic. So if you're going to eat these acidic foods, you might as well not take the tonic because it won't work. And so I was explaining to this woman my experience with it. And I said, you know, it's really not that bad. You just kind of get used to it. So the one thing you can eat is tomatoes. So you just say, okay, 
like you were saying earlier, it's like, well, this is a life or death decision. Do I need to eat tomatoes? No, I don't. <laughs> right. So anyway, yep. so I said to this woman, it's, it's really not that bad. And you really do get used to it. So you just have to get that in your mindset. This is what you're doing and you get used to it. And so she said she was going to do it. She was so excited about it. She was excited by hearing all these experiences. And then I reached out to her a year later just to see how she was doing. And I said, how are you? And she said, oh, I'm not good. My cancer came back. And I said, what happened? Were you not on the tonic? She said, oh, I decided not to do it. It was too hard. It was too hard for me to not eat those foods. And I I felt... I felt so sad for her. Then she told me how she was going back on these other protocols and she was going on these other um, immunotherapies, but you know they were only giving her like six months to live. And I thought to myself, I couldn't understand the thought process. Being able to make those changes on my own, even though like you say, it takes dedication to do that. Every t- No matter what I did, if it seemed difficult, maybe refusing certain foods or getting used to a juicing regimen and things like that. All I kept telling myself was it's going to be easier than chemo, no matter what I'm doing. And being able to do that and actually feeling my body change and feeling my body improve and feeling that weight come off and noticing all those changes going on, the composition of my breasts, I just started feeling better and better and better. And people could see it. They would say, wow, Mm -hmm. you look really good. What are you doing? Even people who didn't know that I was doing all this stuff because I had cancer, they just saw me looking better and feeling better and getting thinner in a healthy way. It was like the total opposite experience that you would picture for someone who's healing from cancer. I know. I think most people do think cancer bald, sick, skinny. Yep. And it's not from the cancer, it comes from the chemo. Absolutely true. It just made no sense to me that she had been at a place and she met a lot of people who have had success with it. It just took this one area of discipline and she just wasn't willing to do it. And I I know. It's really sad because it's a no-brainer for me, me too. and you. Mm-hmm. But then there's so many people that I have met Even with the RSO, it's almost like they don't want to hear what they have to do for just three months. And I I always tell people, well, if you do RSO, you have to do it the right way. You can't just tiptoe and take a drop here or there Yeah, because it it won't work. Mm -hmm. You have to go full bore. Yeah, And it's the same. And it's not just like you do RSO and you can eat your normal sad diet. You have to change your diet and go plant-based because like you say, an acidic diet is going to sabotage you. Right, right. And they don't understand the whole alkalinity. I didn't know anything. I learned fast because I wanted to live. Me too. You do what you have to do when you want to live. That's true. That's true. You make those choices. I mean, my gosh, we've look at how quickly you healed yourself with natural therapy. And it's the same with RSO. I think it was like within that first six months, they couldn't find. I had some tumors that disappeared also. They were watching them. But after I started using the RSO and the plant diet, they disappeared. And I also had all these little skin tags all over my neck mm-hmm. and my chest. Mm-hmm. They all just fell off. Wow. That's amazing. I know. Isn't and that I wasn't amazing? Even- I know one day I looked in the mirror. I'm like, what? 
where are all those little skin tags? Wow. So I knew that that was just one side effect, which was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite the ride. And I always tell everybody it was a blessing. I feel more energetic now. I feel like I should have felt when I was in my 20s. Right. And I have to say, I feel better now that I'm near 60 than I did when I was in my 20s. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if you have any daughters, but I tell my daughter and she doesn't listen to me. And it's like, Oh my God, look what I went through. Why can't you just learn from me? Yeah, I know. I do not have a daughter. I have a son and he's actually seen it and he's very open to understanding, you know, about how powerful these natural therapies can be and even just food in itself. He's mm-hmm. he's understanding the power of food, which is a really cool thing. But I hear you when I see young girls, like I have nieces and I have friends and their daughters and you just really want them to avoid having to even go through it because let's face it, it stinks that you had to go through it. But if you can learn from the experience, I know in my case, I did not take care of myself. I didn't know I wasn't taking care of myself, but I wasn't. And I I let myself get run down to the point where I got sick and I got sick in the worst way. But if people could just see that it doesn't have to be that way, you can take control of your situation right now. I mean, why wait? Why wait until someone says to you, you have cancer? You know, start right. now. Like now. fibrocystic breasts, like you mentioned, that yeah. they never told you that that was a precursor. Nope. And I have the same problem. And then this friend of mine, he does biofeedback for people, but he told me, okay, go out and get yourself a trampoline. Go and get yourself an inversion table. You need to move your lymph. Yep. And I had never heard that before. Me and I said, either. really? Me either. <laughs> so I said okay well whatever it's good exercise and so I got the little trampoline and I was surprised even though I'd been exercising all my life I could barely do like even two minutes on it now I can do 10 no problem but um, he said you're gonna have to do 10 minutes every day and get in the sauna as much as you can and I never heard that kind of advice and then he said you have to massage your breasts you have to move the tissue yes because if you don't then it gets that's how cancer starts to form right it gets kind of stagnant in there it's not moving it's that whole thing about those toxins they're just getting stuck inside of your body and it festers in there Mm -hmm. for sure i know yeah those are simple things that anyone can do yes Um, dry brushing is important Mm -hmm. So those are the things that you can do when you're young. And I mean, they don't take very long every day if you just do that. I think that that goes a long ways towards being healthy. I agree. And preventing all kinds of illness. I agree. And not only that, but the main thing is it helps you to keep your immune system strong because your body's not constantly trying to deal with all the toxins because you keep them moving out of your system. Your body's actually stronger and able to defend you against all of these types of illnesses anything that could develop your body's strong enough to defeat it so it doesn't take over yeah I think people just need to be aware that there is a push against alternative cancer therapies oh yes if you try to google anything about alternative cancer therapy you're not going to find much because they suppress all of that information I learned about the cannabis that they're actually doing it they use it regularly in Israel to treat cancer I don't doubt that at all Absolutely don't doubt it. They are like on the cutting edge of cancer treatment and Germany also. 
And people here in the U.S., if you tell them to use cannabis, they look at you like you're a hippie and that you're trying to push your hocus pocus medicine on them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because big pharma in our country has become such a negative. They make fun of people who try to do anything natural. Yeah. And really, in the end, those are the ones that fare the best. Yes, I agree. We've had three friends pass away in the last two years from cancer because they refused to do any natural therapy. They did only chemo and radiation. Yes. And that's just three friends. And it was such, so difficult. They didn't want to hear it. They think that the physicians know best and that you're just a lay person. And what do you know? Yeah, I understand how you feel about that, because I know after my experience, I just want to tell everybody to clean out their colon, (laughs) you know, detox, detox, everybody, you know, it's so easy, just detox. And some people did it. I actually was not as bold as you. I was very shy about telling people that I was going alternative because I knew that a lot of people would kind of frown upon it. And not that Mm -hmm. I was trying to win people's approval, but I couldn't handle the negativity. I felt like God was leading me in this direction, this path, and it was really not the path well-traveled. And I felt like that was the way I was going to go because I had peace about doing that. And I felt like I didn't want to have to defend my position every Every day with people. I figured, well, we'll see. If it's successful, then I could really tell them this amazing right. story, right? So that's what I started to do afterward. And I got so many mixed reviews. I got some people that were like, wow, that's amazing. What can I do? But the majority of the people were like, you're out of your mind, lady, you know? But I, mm-hmm. had, I had a friend who actually decided she would do a detox because she was having some health issues. And so I said to her, well, this is what I did. And I walked her through the process to do what I did. She didn't do the hoxytonic. She didn't have cancer, but she did do all of the other things like dietary changes and cleansing. And she was going to doctors regularly because she had all these issues. Every issue in her body through this detoxing resolved itself. Her test results when she came back after the detox were absolutely perfect. And The doctors were like blown away and they're like, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And it just goes to show you like that's a person who doesn't have cancer. So you don't have to have cancer to make a positive change in your life. In fact, you could do it now and never have to have cancer. I know. And I wish they would teach that to children rather than just the four food groups. Yeah. And we should be teaching the young people so they don't have to go through what we're going through now. Yeah. But there's too much money, really, in medicine, so... That's it's true. That's a sad statement. That is a sad yeah. statement, unfortunately, which is why it's really important to educate yourself. I know myself, before my cancer journey, I was always the most compliant patient. You know, if the doctor said it, they probably know best, and what do I know? And I used to just follow along blindly. But when it came down to facing chemo, I was like, there is no way I'm doing that. And it was difficult to make the choice to actually defy those doctor's suggestions. I won't say orders, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's tough to stand up against that and to decide you're not going to do it because there's a lot of pressure to... Because they want to do it right away. Yeah. They they don't really give you much time. I know when I went in for routine mammogram and I was sent for a biopsy, which was a very bad experience for me personally. 
And I had a lot of trauma after that as far as bruising. And they wanted me to go right into surgery like the next day. And then basically as soon as they came out of surgery, they wanted me to go for chemo. And I was a stage one breast cancer. They were talking about double mastectomy too. And I (laughs) thought to myself afterward, I'm like, oh my God, double mastectomy for stage one breast cancer. I mean, it just seemed archaic when you think about it you know it's like so extreme it's so devastating the whole treatment protocol that they were recommending it just when I think about it now it's unbelievable really that there was no better alternative I think the main key is understanding acidity and alkalinity and how our bodies really function so much better when we're more of an alkaline state because acid is where all the problems start. Mm -hmm. And chemotherapy is highly acidic. People don't know that. But if they're not taught about the importance of alkalinity, then they don't know why you should avoid acids because cancer can't survive in an alkaline body. And we all need oxygen. Right. So if we have a densely thick lymph system Mm -hmm. that's not flowing, then you're not getting enough oxygen in your blood. Right. And that is something that would have been foreign to me. I when you learn that cheese and dairy can make your lymph very thick and mucousy and it doesn't flow well, then you start understanding, okay, that's the reason I should avoid it. Not only that the hormones that the cows are getting Mm -hmm. are coming into my body too. That's true because I know my situation, I had a hormone positive breast cancer, so I had very high estrogen and I ate a lot of dairy, a lot of ice cream, and none of that was organic. It was all just conventional. So you know, Mm -hmm. it was very laden with a lot of hormones. So it does make a big difference for sure. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of Mm -hmm. reishi mushrooms. Yeah. The first year, I was really hardcore, and I drank reishi tea all day long. Oh, wow. Because I heard that reishi alone will actually stop cancer. And so I added reishi and all of these other things on top of the cannabis, because I wasn't brave enough just to do a food type of diet, Mm -hmm. just because of all the things they were telling me about the nature of that cancer. But looking back on it, I think I could have beat it easily with just a diet change. And so... I think that that's really probably the main takeaway is diet. Yeah. Yeah. People are drinking too much alcohol Mm -hmm. and they're eating too many fried foods, vegetable oils and dairy and regular meat that has all these hormones. Yeah. Our bodies were not designed to absorb all of these types of foreign substances. Yeah. So it's going to develop cancer cells. Sure. Be sure, because you end up basically with an imbalance. And at some point, something's got to give. You know what I mean? If you keep putting all this stuff in there and it's it's not coming out. So right. <laughs> you, just, right. you just end up with an overload and then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to have a problem for sure. Yep. Totally and true. that's the thing people don't understand. And I, I should throw this into, I donated a kidney in 2011, but if I had to do it again, I wouldn't because mm-hmm. we need both of our kidneys to filter. Yeah. And I had the surgery done at the Mayo Clinic and not one doctor told me the importance of having both kidneys. Wow. I had to learn this from going through it the hard way. I wasn't filtering like I should have because of that donation. And like I say, I think God gave us our body parts for a reason, our, all of our organs. Yes. Once we start messing with God's creation, I think we can pay a heavy price. Sure. I think I paid a price for that. 
sure. really do. Yeah, even though it was a noble thing you were doing, you didn't realize that you were going to be taxing all your other organs right. because of that, because they would have to pick up some kind of slack. And then depending on how well or not that we're eating is going to determine how much filtering really has to go on. So you definitely are at a disadvantage without having that. Yeah, they told me, oh, you don't need both kidneys. You only need one. And I know I can live on one, function on one, but you are born with two for a reason. Everyone is, and that is so we can detoxify. Yep, that's true even of little organs like the gallbladder and stuff like that. These are organs that are so, unfortunately, they're like dispensable. If they don't know what's going on, oh, we'll take the gallbladder out. But meanwhile, you end up taxing your liver because your gallbladder is not there to help pull its part of the slack. Yes, that happened to my sister when she was only 19 years old and Mm. removed her gallbladder. And she has a bunch of health problems now. Yeah, because she's missing that piece and everything else has to work that much harder to try to keep the balance. Very wise advice that you're sharing. Thank you for that. So how long has it been now since you've gone through your cannabis treatment? How long has it been for you? It's been three years. Wow. And the doctor, yeah, now because of COVID, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even get in to see my oncologist. Mm -hmm. And so I did continue seeing my regular general practitioner and he's been testing me. My naturopath has been testing for cancer markers and checking my blood, making sure everything's good. Mm-hmm. And I had another mammogram because I told you I had a few benign type tumors mm-hmm. that they were watching. Mm-hmm. And this last one, they're like, there's nothing there at all. That's awesome. That's so amazing. I know. And my oncologist, I, I haven't heard a word from them. But he did tell me, if you go three years without any signs of cancer, he said, I can release you from care. He told me that from day one. So I'm coming up on that three-year mark in another month. Wow. And this type of cancer, he said, that's the one good thing is if you can stay clear for three years, you're good probably forever. So I said, cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that's what they were telling me too. Five years would be good. And I had five years in January. So that was very exciting too. Well, congratulations. Yes, you too. It's so exciting. But the best part, I think, is when people could hear your story or hear my story, hopefully will help people to see that you really do have options. There's quite a bit that you can do. And more than that, there are so many people who have actually used alternatives successfully and have gotten their lives back. So to know that there are real people who are doing this, it's not just two people somewhere in the world, you know, who live under a rock or something. There are like lots of people who have success, you know. So what would you tell people? What can they do to sort of keep themselves in a better condition so that they don't fall at greater risk to cancer? Well, the most important thing if you're young is to move your lymphatic system by jumping on a trampoline or by moving and doing the sauna therapy, getting some cardio. You don't have to go hardcore. I only do 10 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just walk my dogs. But um, And then the importance of not overdoing sunscreen. Mm-hmm. I know that's counterintuitive. Yep. Um, but a lot of people load up on sunscreen and the toxins and the heavy metals in those sunscreens can actually contribute to cancer. Yeah, that's true. Very true. And uh, I I get 
roughly 15 minutes a day of sunshine without any sunscreen on just because we need the vitamin D Mm -hmm. in our body. If we don't have vitamin D, then that's a precursor right there to getting cancer. Yes, absolutely. So that, that would be my advice. It's funny, the younger people I do talk to are the ones that are the most open-minded. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've even had people reach out to me. One of my nieces says, you are such an inspiration to me. I have adopted so many of the things that you talk about. They've really helped me. I feel so much more energetic. And I'm just really glad that you made it through. And so can you please give me some advice here and there? So yeah, it's good to see that younger people are open-minded. The ones in our age group are the hardest, I think, to get through to. Yeah, I find that true. Even, you know, with people who are diagnosed with cancer, they're just so overwhelmed and so scared and they don't really have time to make an educated decision. I know how that is when you're going in for all that testing and you're talking to all those doctors. There's so much happening. It's hard to process. It's hard to figure out what you want to do. And then the next thing you know, you're in some kind of a treatment. So it's difficult for sure. I would hope that some people would listen who end up with a diagnosis. Like you were very brave to go an alternative route. And I met another woman last fall who also went an alternative route. She did something different, but a nutrition-based program and overcame her breast cancer. And a friend of mine who, she just was an acquaintance, she ended up diagnosed with breast cancer and I shared my story with her. And she ended up going to Mexico to do the Hoxie protocol and she's doing really great. So wow. there are people who are open even when they are diagnosed. It's probably, unfortunately, not the majority, but hopefully by people like us sharing our story, it kind of can raise hope and awareness in people. And hopefully then they will be more open to it. I think just people like you who have informational type podcasts for health are the most influential just because you hear testimonials. And people kind of start putting things together when they hear enough of them. That's how I was anyway. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I just listened to one testimony after another and all different therapies. But I decided, okay, this is what's going to work for me. And I, um, like I say, I trusted that voice, that little voice that kept saying, okay, keep going in this direction. Yeah. A lot of people have that voice, but they ignore it because they're getting all this outside pressure. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we would start trusting our instincts more, I think that that would really change things. It's true. Well, I have to say you were very brave, even saying how your family wasn't necessarily on board with what you were doing, but you persevered and you went ahead anyway. Now you got your life back and you have the results to show that was the road that God was leading you on and he brought you to a really good place. So that's that's an amazing blessing. Well, thank you. Wonderful. Yes, and you too. I, <laughs> I mean, you. it's a big deal and you're doing quite a service to the world by having a podcast. Thank you. Well, Leslie, it was so awesome to get to know you. Seriously, I know we kind of interacted a little on Messenger and And you told me a little bit of your story, but it's so much more impactful to actually hear you share it yourself. So I thank you so, so, so very much for taking the time out to spend some time with me and and to share your story with all of the listeners out there. And I'm believing that it's going to have a really great impact. So thank you. Oh, I hope so. You're welcome. And thanks for inviting me. Well, I don't know about you, but I think that Leslie Garcia's story is pretty amazing. 
When I was facing breast cancer and decided that conventional treatments were not for me, I only knew one other woman personally who had made that same choice and overcame her breast cancer naturally. So it's really inspiring to meet and get to know another woman who was bold enough to take the road less traveled and use a natural alternative in her own life to reverse breast cancer and regain her health as well. What's even more amazing is that there are lots of powerful alternative treatment options for breast cancer out there. And if you're interested in hearing my story of overcoming breast cancer naturally with the power of nutrition and prayer, without surgery, radiation, or chemo, and how I lost 30 pounds in the process without dieting, be sure to check out episode one of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. Statistics show that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. And unfortunately, every year that number continues to grow. Hopefully today's episode has you feeling empowered to know that when it comes to breast cancer, there are powerful alternatives available and it is possible to heal naturally. And not only that, but as women, we don't have to wait until we receive a diagnosis. We can actually start making healthy choices today, like detoxifying our bodies with cleansing and harnessing the healing power of food to improve our health every day and live vibrantly for a lifetime. Actually, cleansing became a huge part of my healing process to overcome breast cancer naturally, so I know firsthand how beneficial the power of detoxing is for our health. That's why cleansing is one of the pillars of my health coaching practice. So if you or someone else that you know is ready to experience the benefits of cleansing and jumpstart a healthy transformation in your body, I offer a cleanse that is easy to work into your lifestyle, especially if you're new to detoxing. The Good Nature Wellness Fresh Start 5-Day Spring Detox is a whole foods-based cleanse that I guide you through that can help you to experience increased energy, mental clarity, a stronger immune system, improved health, and renewed vitality. My clients who have completed this detox have been amazed at the results that they experienced and the difference that this cleanse made to help them feel better, look leaner, and be more energetic all in just five days. And I'm confident that you can experience amazing results too. To get started, just send an email to barbara at goodnaturewellness.com or reach out to me on Instagram at good underscore nature underscore wellness or on Facebook at good nature wellness or by visiting my website www.goodnaturewellness.com and I'll be sure to include those links in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hopefully you found this episode helpful. And if you know someone else who would benefit from hearing this interview, please share it with them. And by the way, I'd love to know your thoughts about my interview with Leslie. Or if you or someone you know has been affected by breast cancer, I'd love to hear about your experience and keep the conversation going. So please leave a comment for this episode. And one more thing. I'm working on some exciting health and wellness topics for upcoming episodes of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. So be sure to subscribe, that way you'll be notified when new episodes are released because you don't want to miss a thing. Thank you again for joining me today for the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. I'll see you next time. Disclaimer, the Good Nature Wellness Podcast offers information about nutrition, 
health, and wellness that is designed for educational purposes only. Any opinions expressed or information that is presented by NBC HWC board certified master health coach Barbara Walsh is not a substitution for, nor should it be used as a replacement for medical advice or to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult your physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay seeking medical advice or treatment from your physician or other healthcare professional because of something that you may have heard in this podcast. Please note that while every effort is made to broadcast information that has been carefully researched and is current, ongoing developments in medical research may impact health, wellness, and nutritional advice included in this podcast. No assurance can be given that information or advice included in this podcast will always include the most recent findings or developments related to the material in this or any episode. Any information provided in this podcast is to be used solely at your own risk. Under no circumstances will Barbara Walsh, Holy Health Coaching, LLC, DBA, Good Nature Wellness, be responsible for damages in connection with the use of this podcast.